0: The Start Your Own Business Podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut. Helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm
1: Chloe Thomas, bestselling author and award-winning podcast host. Welcome to the second season of the Start Your Own Business podcast, where I get practical advice from experts and small business owners that can help you set up a new business and get off to a great start, saving time and money along the way. In this episode, we are speaking to an amazing business selling online. We are talking about what it took to launch online, why they decided to launch online. We're going to be talking about the front end things you need to think about if you're going to be starting an online selling business, an e-commerce business. So we're talking about the website, about the marketing, about finding great people to help you, about your brand, your vision. We are also going to be talking about what happens in the back end. So picking, packing, dispatching, the software that's going to help you with that, the space you'll need, lots of great insight and inspiration coming up. Before we meet our guest, please take time to find out about our sponsors, the Federation of Small Businesses, and how joining could be among your best business decisions.
0: This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses.
1: Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing Funding and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk forward slash start. Our guest today is Yasmin Hunter of Grassmere Gingerbread, which can trace its origins back to 1854 when Victorian cook Sarah Nelson invented Grassmere Gingerbread and started selling it. Third-generation owners Joanne and Andrew Hunter run the family business, and Yasmin is their daughter. As well as their gingerbread, which is said to be the world's best, Grassmere Gingerbread sells award-winning rum butter, toffee fudges, chocolates, conserves, ginger beer, and other mouth-watering delights. In two Two thousand and six, Grassmere Gingerbread started to sell online, and it's proved to be a very wise business decision. Hello, Yasmin.
2: Hi, Chloe. Hello. Thank you for my lovely introduction.
1: Oh, thank you for joining us to talk about such a, a mouthwatering business. Which I challenge anyone listening to make it to the end without running for at least a biscuit, if not
2: something. <laughs> Definitely the aim. Yeah, you'll be hungry by the end of this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we we could just just be here and talk about your products but we ought to really talk about yes. that decision to move online so I guess before we actually before we even go back to that decision to move online how important is online now for the business what over a decade on since you started selling online
2: yes it, it is really important for us as we've all appreciated over the last two years everything is a lot more digital we rely on our online shop because that was our only source of income during the pandemic when our shop door was closed. So it was really important for us to have that online presence and that our customers can purchase online. And you know, it keeps the, the business going for us. Um, so it definitely was the right decision. But little did we know all those years ago that we would rely on it so much to this day.
1: I guess you're you're somewhat a tourist business, aren't you? You know, we originally. Are people come to the Lake District, they buy the products. So was the, has the online business been a way of continuing the relationship with those people who may only ever come to the lakes once?
2: Yes, absolutely, Chloe. So we launched this online business and we're very traditional Victorian business. And exactly like Sarah used to do when she started her business, we just sell the gingerbread in the shop and a range of other goodies. Now we decided to take online a really big step for us so people can purchase the gingerbread when they go come back from their holidays or they can send it to their nearest and dearest so absolutely we feel the importance to be online and to continually grow our customer base
1: and are the online customers a pure extension of your real world customers or or have you hit some other some other lovely rich veins of customers now that are online <laughs>
2: Um, Great question. But um, definitely a mixture of both. 80% of our business is still through the shop door alone and 20% online. So it's constantly growing through the pandemic we obviously saw a complete shift in that and we gained some new customers during the pandemic and to this day where customers have heard about it in um, in a magazine, they've heard about it from a friend and they've thought oh wow you know what is all this fuss about for a, for a biscuit <laughs> um, and they've decided to come online and purchase it so for them that's a new customer experience completely and our customer base just carries on growing because we are open to anybody so we can have a customer, Mrs. Jones, round the corner, or we can have one of our lovely friends in the USA who came on a coach trip many, many years ago, and it's their favorite thing to enjoy from Britain.
1: I love that. that, that it's both enabling people who've experienced you once to get that longer relationship with the products and and get to keep eating them but also enabling you to leverage other marketing channels that it wouldn't be worth doing if it was just just the store but but we're kind of getting slightly ahead of ourselves we're supposed to be talking about the startup journey so (laughs) (laughs) yes that does the startup and
2: how we started our website
1: (laughs) yeah so so 2006 obviously there wasn't a pandemic going on in 2006 okay. so what led you to decide back then to actually go yeah we've got this lovely simple straightforward business of a physical retail store selling to you know a large group of people who keep coming through the door and keep buying the products let's let's build an online store what led to that decision all that time ago
2: we internally use the word mail order which is quite a traditional term and we were doing mail order when my mum was probably seven years old and she would wrap the parcels up in brown paper and tie them with string and write the addresses on and take them to the post office so we've always kind of done little delivery services (laughs) maybe not as large as we do now but in 2006 we really decided to to take the website and create the first website and it was very very simple in what we did it was a very hard customer navigation as well and we decided to put the gingerbread on there and a couple of gift hampers and to see how it goes but the reason why we were able to do that is because we actually got a business space extension because there was no physical space for us to do the online sales in the back of the shop anymore. So we had to create a new office dedicated to this. So that naturally led to the organic expansion and the website. It's a bit of the chicken and the egg,
1: isn't it? it <laughs> often it's like, right, we've we can't go beyond getting our seven year old to wrap the parcels for the mail order <laughs> orders that come in via post and the phone. So, it, but it, you know we can't expand that, but to get extra space is obviously more expense so then you have to invest to grow that that side of things it's a bit chicken and egg isn't it it's like well we could mm. do this but we don't have the space or oh, we've got space now we've got to find a way of utilizing it
2: yeah it was the it was the space that came before the website definitely because we couldn't have done it otherwise
1: just that huge that Literally huge opportunity. What yes, else? it's a
2: very small shop, Chloe. So just think of it, it's <laughs> probably the size of your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you,
1: and that's the thing, isn't it? If you've got a retail store, it's easy to think. We'll just pick and pack from the shelves. But then where are you going to parcel it up? Where are you going to store it?
2: Absolutely. And the software, you know, the all the packaging materials that you need, health and hygiene, all of these factors have to be taken into consideration and staffing as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's something a, a lot of people in the retail space are, are, are juggling at the moment. How do we take advantage of online when we don't really have the space to pick and pack? It's
2: a really so, hard one to balance, definitely.
1: Yeah. I guess with the, with the historic mail order business, there was a certain amount of knowledge going into this. But how confident were you and the team that this was going to to be a good investment both in terms of the space and in terms
2: of the website. When my parents decided to to create the website and you know sit down and start, you know writing the pages from scratch, they didn't have a clue about where to place the the, the basket button. Or where to pace your SEO header one. They were just writing a website to fulfill the customers that wanted to be able to have it in their home. And I think they, they didn't have a lot of confidence. I think they thought, we're gonna give it a shot. Let's let's go with this. This is brand new. And my mum is very creative, she's not very technical, savvy. She'll be okay with me saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just a real, let's let's throw out what we can. And Continuingly, just believe in ourselves even though we didn't have the confidence that we knew it might work or not
1: and I guess you've been through a lot of websites over the years you know I doubt you're still on the same platform you're on in the beginning but are there any kind of key lessons that you've learned along the way that that you would now advise anyone who was starting off today to put in place on their website on day one
2: from day one what would be the first thing I'd say very good question
1: would it be that content and getting the SEO right? Would it be making sure the checkout? Is one people are familiar with. Obviously, putting the basket top right is going to be like there.
2: <laughs> um, I think for the, the for the first tip, honestly, Chloe, I'd say look at your brand. You know, what is it about your brand that you want to, to put on that website? Do you want it to reflect your your, your retail store? Um, If you are just a sole online trader, you know, what what are your brand colors? You know, what brand messaging do you want to put across? Because you need to have a vision. And without that vision, you can't put the content in. You can't put your buttons in. You can't put your marketing pop-ups. So stick, you know, get your vision down. And sometimes the creative can be a lot harder than you you think because it's all in your mind. And as soon as you start to draw it out, it doesn't look anything like that. And then you sit down maybe with a web person and you think, oh no, that's not what it should look like. So it can take a couple of times to get that brand vision across on your website because that first homepage is the first time the customer sees you. And we have a saying in our business and it stands with online as well, not just physically in our shop. You know, you only have you know one opportunity to make a first impression.
1: And a lot of people, I think, feel like, okay, we'll get the colors right. We'll put the product up there and that's our branding job done. And as your site so greatly shows, you've also got to get the story in there, you know, your brand story, the origin, why you're doing this, why your product is great and balance that with the product itself, which is a, I mean, it's an endless challenge. I don't think anyone will ever go, yes, I have completed that task, mm-hmm. but but it, it, it builds on what you're saying. You've got to get... That story, that product piece, that branding piece there, because that's what's going to make you stand out from all the rest of the competition and lead to the customer to buy.
2: Yes, exactly. Because we, at the end of the day, you want to sell. You don't want to to lose a customer at the first stage of of the website, really. So we actually are on our second website and soon to be our third. So. It takes a long time to to, to get through the stages, and um, just uh, last year we decided to do a brand new backup house system as well. To do to do these things is 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 daunting, but exciting.
1: Yes, and you mentioned that the that both you've had you're about to go onto website number three, which I think is. Is is testament to the fact that even you know, it's not like you, you do everything in one go. Websites evolve as as they as they uh, as as they live as well. But also you just mentioned the back end system, which I think is something people often don't think about. They maybe think about the space to pick, pack, and dispatch, but they don't always think about the way in which software can help with that process. So what led to you putting in place the new the new back end system and how has that helped?
2: So the reason why we decided to do a complete new back-end site is we were using different means of software. And unfortunately, some of the... Plugins, I'm sure everybody on this will know what a plugin is, <laughs> uh, were, were failing and they were causing issues that we were constantly having to battle. So we decided, right, we need to create our own back of house website because it's going to have to be bespoke for our needs. And the first thing we sat down was to put down what the needs were. And it was It was for us, it was to make it easier for us to make it a smooth run and how we download the orders to how we pack the orders to how we retrieve customer data or how the customer puts in an inquiry form on the website. But the thing is, this is today when we started in 2006, none of this was, was relevant back then. So that's how much we've grown, and I will be honest that back of house is can be quite quite technical. <laughs> you think just adding a button is going to be simple? <laughs> so we were very lucky to have our web developers you know sit with us and go through it, and it does take its time. you know we're still finalizing some of the items that we're wanting and you have this wish list and you're hoping it doesn't end.
1: Yeah, and end. if you think putting together a website's complicated, a fully integrated, does exactly what you want it to do back-end system is, is a whole other ball game. But I love the fact you mentioned that, you know, the reason you went for the, for the big solid back-end implementation is because the plugins were starting to fall over. And I think that's such an important thing for mm. a startup to know in this space is... Yeah it's very easy when you get started to be grabbing this and that plugin. And it's exactly the right thing to do when you get started because (laughs) then you learn what you're going
2: to need further yes. down the line. I'm glad you said that, Chloe, because I didn't want to upset any plug software developers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think when you are on website, and I think we all do it, you know, you're reading e-commerce blogs, you're Googling software, you're reading this, you're seeing this, and there is so much available to you. And you think, wow, what a great feature that is. And you put it in, and two years down the line, you haven't done the update, you haven't been checking your details. And then a customer goes, Oh, that isn't working. And you didn't know. So it's constant checking and not dismissing details. Details is so important, not just on the back of house, but on your front of house as well.
1: Yeah, and it, it's the plugins get you so far. I think you kind of always have to have a plug-in amnesty every six months or so where you just look at what you've got in there and go actually are we still using this are we is it is this still doing what it should do or are there now new solutions in the space that we could do to streamline it you know and, and the back end is often one of those places where the right choice of plugins which evolves as the business evolves means you can save a lot of time and effort with the team mm-hmm. running around the warehouse <laughs> trying to pull everything together
2: mm-hmm. yeah but
1: uh, I want to ask you a bit about the the team side of it, Yasmin, because that's one of the, you know, I think we, we touched on it earlier, but I think a lot of people go into creating an online e-commerce store and forget about the fact that there's some manpower required to market it and to process those orders. Mm-hmm. So is that something that was part of the plan from day one or where you got some help with and how much kind of time has been invested in that over the years, I suppose? Okay, big question.
2: <laughs> very, very big question. And I think really important for solo traders as well coming, coming into this world, because you can't do everything alone. We're a family business. We often have our meetings at the dinner table because we tend to get the best results. <laughs> but <laughs> regarding a team, our team is naturally developed due to growth. So we have now someone dedicated to just doing the online orders. We have someone that manages the online orders. We also have a team that does over in the Northeast that looks after our website. We have another person that's a fast host. So it's all of these factors come in and sometimes kind of coordinating all of that can be quite tricky I always think when you talk to different people you know I've spoken to a few website developers I've spoken to people that offer graphic design you know you speak to people that offer email marketing services and the software there you have to listen and take it all in but also you have to take it with a little bit of pinch of salt (laughs) Um, and I've learned this the hard way (laughs) because some people say they can do these things and they're going to get you the most amazing results but they don't tell you, how much work or how much you know cost is actually involved because that's the scary thing. You know, things can look very nice and shiny on the outside, but actually, sometimes the costs involved with kind of imp- implementing new software can be expensive. We are going to be expanding our online team just to answer another one of your questions. So, when we first started, we only had one person in the office who did. All the customer calls, all the sales, um, process all the orders, print them all off, pack them. And now that has led to a team of nearly three people Our- lady who does all the packing of the order, she's actually on maternity leave at this moment. So we're hoping she when she's gonna come back, which is great because she can be on easier hours for her childcare because with packing you don't need to be with us, you know, in the night. So it's just in the day. So it's about finding the right people for your team and what they can, you know, what they can offer you. We all know that recruitment is quite a tricky thing itself. In the e-commerce world, it's constantly evolving and it's growing, which is really exciting to see.
1: That was an excellent answer, Yasmin, because I think you, you kind of, <laughs> I think
2: I covered it all you did,
1: you did, you covered everything, which is brilliant. But also you kind of you kind of took us through those key areas that if we're gonna be doing an online business, we need to consider and as a startup maybe you're doing all this yourself on day one you know you're dealing with customer service you are picking packing and dispatching your product you're doing the marketing for the website and you're also making sure the website functions you know Mm -hmm. Um, because these days it's very easy to set up your own e-commerce store and have all the secure payments and all the Mm -hmm. all the important you know the kind of the legally important stuff set up but it means you're the one who's tinkering on the website and updating pages and all the rest of it. So there's a lot of jobs, jobs to handle. And I loved your point about pay attention to everybody out there in the marketing space, in the e-commerce space, but also reflect it back to your own business and what you need at the moment. It's very easy to get wowed by something which quite frankly, your business doesn't need right now, but yes. it's very exciting.
2: Yes, I, I constantly have that problem. <laughs> constantly wowed and think, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do this. Actually, just let's read it in and let's just do one step at a time. And I think for, you know, for for sole traders or, you know, just business partners, it you know just break down those tasks and think you know actually is there an independent freelancer who suits our business who understands who we are i think that's really important i've just taken on a new freelancer he's going to be doing some um, google ads campaign for us and the reason why i chose him is because he knows exactly who we are what we're about And they're not, you know, they're not throwing fancy analytics at you. They understand what you're there to achieve, which I think is really important.
1: Yeah. And I love the fact you brought brought up freelancers there as well, because I think often people feel like they have to hire a big agency Mm -hmm. on day one. And actually, you know, as a small business, it's probably going to be cheaper and you're probably going to get a more tailored service if you go with a freelancer who and and it's probably gonna be more effective than trying to do it yourself especially when it comes to things like google ads
2: yeah no absolutely chloe i couldn't agree more i think there's fantastic agencies out there you know that suit different rays of businesses here but i always you know do go into your networking groups you know and all facebook business groups and see who's out there and connect and meet up and sometimes just having that 15 minute chat and you you know you're not going to connect that's fine you know you've 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 looked at that freelancer, but I think they are really important and especially in today's world where people are working this hybrid working, you know, not everybody works a normal nine to five. A freelancer may suit you better because you can just pick up the phone at any time and have a chat and get the ball going really.
1: Oh, wow, you just gave us a whole load of places to find more information. That was brilliant. I love that. Facebook groups, networking groups. Um. Yeah.
2: I think it's really important when I when we look when we do e commerce and personally for us as a family business, who we work with, the relationships mean more to us and, and great results. I think that's 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 key really.
1: Yeah, the, the the trusting and mm. connecting on a br- kind of a brand vision level with yes. the people who are working with you is so crucial, isn't it?
2: It's absolutely crucial. I think I'm glad you mentioned the word trust there, Chloe, because you have to trust people in this technical world because you might not actually understand it. <laughs> so you just have to trust that they're doing it right. But you can normally tell. But yeah, I think I think trust and honesty is really important when when in this. In this field and um, because we can all be like we say we can all be wowed but it, it does come down to trust and honesty and if they understand your brand
1: and actually that is one of the great things about most of the marketing methods for an e-commerce business is you know if it within kind of three to six months you know if it's working or not because it's either driving sales or it isn't. There's no, oh, but brand awareness has gone gone up. There's no, you know, oh, we got some leads, but did they convert? Oh, I don't know. It's, cold hard cash in those uh, you know certainly for the first few years any marketing you're doing should be driving sales
2: yes absolutely it is the joy of e-commerce and it's very easy to sit there and watch the orders go up and if you're not getting any orders you know that you need to change something and you need to go back and look at the basics of maybe why are they not placing the order or why why are they exiting your page so early on and still to this day, you know, we've been going at this for quite a long time now. I, I will sit and go, okay, great, we've got some, we've got some free order, free slots there. We need to get these filled. How do we do this? How do we promote this new product range? And like, go back to your marketing mix and think, okay, let's try and get this covered. How can we, you know, not constantly increase sales, but make sure that the customer returns because that's for us, really important for us, the customer experience, the customer journey that they have with us as a business and that they return. Excellent.
1: Yasmin, you have shared so much great advice. Anyone who's listening who wants to find you and your business on the web and get some of your mouthwatering gingerbread could you please let them know how to find you
2: yes i feel free to go and have a look at the website <laughs> gingerbread.co.uk. that's where we are and if you're ever in the lake district do come and find us in Grassmere. you can't miss the smells of freshly baked gingerbread through the village
1: See, even more mouthwatering. Um, I'm just imagining that now. Well, look, um, Yasmin, you've given such great insight to the listeners on what it takes to run an e-commerce store, an online store, and also how to how to go about starting one up. So thank you so much for being such a brilliant guest.
2: Oh, Thank you, Chloe. Thanks so much for the conversation
1: today. A fascinating run through there from Yasmin of what it took to both create the online business in the first place and then kind of some inspiration on where you could take it to and the challenges which just keep coming around in any business, really, but also in the world of e commerce in terms of the team, the space, uh, the marketing. I guess for me, the key points you raised were first and foremost make sure you're putting your brand, your vision, your story into your website from day one, because it's going to be that differentiating factor. It's quite hard to do, but it's well, well worth getting it right. And remember, it will evolve over time. So get your best attempt up there first time. And then in three months time, go back and refresh it. There's no Nobody says you can't do that, but you do need to put some effort into it right from day one. And Use that to make sure you're working with the right people as well, people who get your brand, who understand what you're what you're looking to achieve. Secondly, keep the tech simple. So you don't need to buy a best-of-breed, huge software system on day one to help you launch that site. You need to keep it simple, keep it scrappy, so as you can find out what you actually need as your business evolves. Like she was saying, they had various plugins helping them run the back end, get the data to the right places, and help them do do their pick back and dispatch. Several years in, that no longer gave them what they needed. So then they went and found a higher spec piece of software. But plugins, apps are your friend from day one. Launching with a simple website, you know, that's very startup friendly, like a Shopify or a WooCommerce is going to make it really easy for you to get started and to have a lot of the technical stuff dealt with on your behalf by whatever subscription fee you're paying. So that will keep keep things really easy for you. And then finally, my third thing I would take from this is that there are a lot of different roles to cover when you're starting an online selling business. You've obviously got product you've got pickback and dispatch, you've got customer services, you've got the marketing, you've got the website building. And it's very possible to do all that yourself from day one, discover what you do like, what you don't like, find the right people to take bits of that off your hands as you grow. But you're going to be covering a lot of different bits and pieces. We've covered a lot of ground. So to help you, you can find the summary notes for this episode and links to more free resources by visiting www.startupdonuts.co.uk And that's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. Visiting www.startupdonuts.co.uk could also really help you to save time and money. This series helps you to complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and establishing your new business. So, next up, we'll be covering stress. Yes, how, as a small business, do you reduce the stress you feel, avoid getting stressed in the first place, manage the stress of your employees, and altogether build a better business by being less stressed? Lots of practical tips and ideas and insights coming up in the next episode. If you're enjoying the series, picking up valuable tips, please spread the word to others you know who are setting up a business or thinking about it. Thanks to FSB for making both series possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details coming up in a moment.
0: Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding, and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale up. Start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk slash start.